We are coming to the end of July and I wanted to share what I accomplished this month and what my plans are for August. I had mentioned in a previous episode that July is my birthday month and so I am now 36 and it definitely feels weird to say that but it's not a bad thing. I actually feel excited about what 36 will bring, but I definitely am not where I wanted to be at this age. I knew because of my upbringing that it was going to take me a little bit longer to be established. And I always thought 36 is that age. But <laughs> COVID threw a wrench in my plans. July 2020 to July 2021 was dealing with the disruption of the pandemic. And I don't want it to sound like poor me because I never got COVID. No one intimately in my life got it. Um, I definitely struggled with anxiety and depression, but I had a job. I wasn't afraid of losing the roof over my head or running out of money to buy food. So it was more of an inconvenience for me. But I definitely <laughs> dealt with a lot of people who were suffering and I did my best to emotionally support them through the pandemic. And so the only sunshine, the only ray of light that I was experiencing during that time was my writing. The bleakness of 2020 and 2021 was only remedied through my writing for me. So I've accomplished more than I ever thought was possible, but I still haven't done all the things I wanted to do. I always thought, you know, at 35, I'll be married, I'll have a family, <laughs> I'll have kids, um, I'll have property like land and a house. I'll be traveling around the world. Um, I'll be established financially. I'll be stable. And that's not really happened. Yes, I have my savings, but it's not as much as I wanted. Not married, don't have kids. And I didn't move. In 2019, I was planning to move. I was saving up money. And then in 2020, I actually think it was February. Yeah, it was February 2020. I was planning to move out of Canada to New York. And then COVID happened in March, and that completely derailed my plans. And now I don't think I'm going to move to New York after all. I still haven't made up my mind. I'm thinking Washington State now, but we'll see what happens. So yeah, the only thing I really accomplished at the age of 35 was my writing. And that might sound like I'm diminishing some of my other things, but truly I didn't do that much. <laughs> I was very insulated during the pandemic. And so this month, because I turned a year older, I was reflecting a lot on 35. It was not all bad. I definitely had a lot of self-discovery. Um, I'm living in my own place by myself, which I love. I was able to write courses and take courses. 
and I was able to switch up my diet and get healthier. So those are the other things that happened. But I didn't really meet new people like I wanted to. I didn't get to travel. And so at 36, that is my plan. I only think that the pandemic will be behind us by February-ish of 2022. And so maybe at that time, I'll be able to travel the way I want to travel. By the end of this year, I would definitely want a literary manager that is in alignment with who I am and where I'm going, who I want to be, understands my voice and really helps elevate my scripts. And I also want to purchase some property. So that's my goal for right now. As far as like marriage and the kids, I'm thinking that might be a decade from now. <laughs> Just because the world, it's so weird. There's an uptick in violence, especially gun violence. And that's one of the reasons I'm not thinking New York is the right place anymore. Um, but we'll see what happens. Um, so yeah, 36 will really set me up with my writing career. I hope to be staffed on a TV show as well. So back to what I did this July. So essentially July was updating things. I was able to update Rain Pours, also called Angel Satanists. Um, I was able to update Ileana Strands, both versions of that. I was able to update Karmic Bait and shave it down to 120 pages, which I'm still so jazzed about. Like I've been struggling with that for years to get it down to the normal page count. I also updated BTW, I'm an Alien. I sent the first four episodes into Barnstorm and got some feedback, so I updated it. I also was working with somebody from another company who had a BIPOC initiative, and he talked to me about the script twice. And then I was chosen for Coverfly's Career Lab to have BTW read and give additional feedback. So a lot happened with BTW. I definitely went over the first couple of episodes a lot and I'm really happy with them. The thing is, just today, I was going over the note that so many people, well, I don't know if I wanna say it's so many people. It's really about two or three. And I've had over 30 people read the scripts. Um, but people said, you need to jump into the alien thing sooner. And this was said during the career lab feedback on Coverfly. So it's like, why don't I just do this? Why don't I change around the structure? Since everyone keeps saying the pacing and the structure's off, why don't I switch it around and see if it works better? And so I switched it around. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm so amazing. <laughs> I honored all of this feedback and I actually shifted, pivoted, and changed the formatting of the script. But I reread it today and I reverted, I reverted back to the original. Why? 
because I realized why I wrote it that way to begin with. So when I restructured it, yes, it was honoring what other people had said, but I realized the whole thing of does he get together with Amara? Do they fall in love? Do they get married? That wasn't teased out anymore. We already knew they were together because I had jumped ahead and then done a flashback like people had recommended. And then other people had said, never do flashbacks. We hate flashbacks because it takes away from the momentum of the story. So <laughs> I, I feel like the way the structure is right now works. And so I thought, okay, how can I still honor what they're saying without restructuring it? So the main thing was people kept saying they wanted more of the alien parts at the start. And I said, you know what, because this is sci-fi, I definitely could add more of the sci-fi element earlier on. And so I did. <laughs> and I added a new scene that just popped in my head this, this afternoon where they're in the hospital and a patient stumbles into their room and he's like, aliens exist or something similar to that. And I really like it because it kind of gives another bam right at the end of a scene. Um, Cause that part can kind of like wane a little bit, but I do still really like the intro, the teaser of the script and I know I could make it shorter like when I listened to everybody I thought okay the only way that I can really get it down as short as they want it to be is simply having Travis Norrie walk onto the stage being greeted by Ron Stewie them shaking hands and a voiceover saying I pass on the show to Travis Norrie and hearing cheering and cameras flashing that'll take like 10 seconds. <laughs> okay. So I could do that, but I thought, you know what? I really want to immerse people in the world. One of the complaints I had when I was starting was people kept saying, we don't spend enough time with the characters before we get into things. And they also said, you're relying too much on people knowing who Trevor Noah is. And so you still need to give more of the backstory. And so I thought, hmm, that is true. <laughs> so I started off the whole script with a very um, signature experience of The Daily Show with Ron or John Stewart. <laughs> and I listened to other shows that had nothing really to do with screenplay writing but it was someone complaining about star wars and he said our star trek actually he said i don't know why you wouldn't automatically open the movie with the most famous characters ever you should have kirk with spock and so i thought you know what i do want ron stewie and travis nori to be the main people when we start and try to tell people by showing them as a very well-known episode when Jon Stewart stepped away from The Daily Show. And then I wanted to get more into the backstory of how things were affecting Travis Norrie as he's trying to take over 
the show and not just, you know, how he presents himself when he's actually on the show. So there's a lot of background scenes um, just showing him struggling and him not having a life. And there are some hints of who the alien is because someone told me when I first started this script, I think it would be funny to give the entire season to him trying to figure out who the alien is. And I was just like, that sounds boring. I don't want to watch a whole season of him trying to figure out <laughs> who the alien is. Because I really hate when I watch shows and they're stretching out just one part of the plot and it's just too long. I often talk about Hannah season two and how they did that. It was like, oh, she's in the school. Oh, nope, she's trying to escape. Thwarted. Oh, she's going to try to escape again. Nope, didn't happen. And I already knew that there were eight episodes. So I was like, I know she's not going to escape <laughs> in the scene. So I hate watching things like that. I wanted to like dive in and explore the rest of the story. And a lot of other people have said that as well, but I still wanted to give the background story. So the main thing I have changed is giving more hints of the alien at the start, adding this new scene at the hospital, and then ending with a little bit more of a hint of who the alien is. And it's 32 pages. I had whittled it down to 30 pages um, with the restructuring and not the additional episodes, but I think it works better as 32 pages. I've had so much feedback on the script throughout the years and I just feel like I need to be really happy with it. The only way to like really find out if it works or not is if I can get in contact with Trevor Noah's people, <laughs> okay? Since they understand his voice, his brand better. But never have I ever been this at peace with BTW. I have an alternative script of the pilot to honor some of the things other people have said. And then I have one that feels very true and authentic to me. And I prefer that one. <laughs> but at least I have two options in case uh, there's interest in the script. So July was mainly around that. BTW, I'm an alien. Um, let me just think. I didn't get to do a Shuddering at Shook Root like I said I was potentially going to do. What actually happened was I refocused on Gigi Family. So I've gone over the first four episodes again, and I found a person on my birthday, no less. I found an indigenous man who does storytelling for a living, and I asked him to review the script, and he agreed. I found him through my church, and I just thought it was perfect. So he's going to read through it and give me some notes. I also added a new scene. I don't remember what I was watching. So this happens for me. I might be watching a TV show and then all of a sudden, bloop, there's an idea for a new scene. I think it might have been Motherland, Fort Worth, or rather Fort Salem that I was watching. I I just like things about witches, and so even if the show is kind of crappy, I might still watch it just to get to the end. Um, so I think I was watching that, and all of a sudden I got an idea for 
the last five or the the last four episodes, episode five through eight for Gigi family. It's where I'm showing Jonah being very, very cruel in a way that I never thought of before. So I wrote that scene. It's actually two pages. I added that to the script. And I essentially feel like season one for Gigi family is done. Um, I just need the notes from uh, the storyteller. And then I feel like I'll be able to put it to the side. And I love this script. And I also updated Gigi Family season two. I had notes from Barnstorm, Barnstorm on episodes one, two, and three. And it took me a while to really process those notes. I'm still not done. <laughs> I need to go over it again and update it again. Um, so I will be doing that in August and I will submit episode four to Barnstorm and get their notes. I recently submitted Karmic Bait because I'm planning to do some things with it, which I'll talk about in a little bit. So after I get the notes back for Karmic Bait, I'll submit episode four of Gigi Family season two, and then I might submit one of my other shorts, or I will move into um, giving them one of my unfinished scripts just to kind of stimulate me to actually finish writing it, which would be conviviality. I had thought about sending in the rest of BTW, I'm an Alien, the, the rest of the episodes, but I'm not really sure I need to, um, just because I've received so much feedback. And I don't know. So after I do those main things, send in those main scripts, because it is for a year, I might just submit the rest of BTW, I'm an Alien. Yeah. And that feels good. I don't feel stressed out <laughs> as I'm saying that. I actually feel like I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. So one of the other things I said I was doing with Karmic Bait was, well, it's actually a silly, weird story. I don't remember things all the time. I get distracted sometimes with life. And so I was researching places to pitch because I've heard from other writers that have been signed that the best way to find representation is through pitching. So I was looking for places that allow you to pitch and query them and up popped a blog with like eight recommendations. And one of the recommendations was familiar. I was like, didn't I win something for that before? So I had to log on to my email and search this website's name. And sure enough, I had won a free pitch. I have no idea how I forgot that. It's actually good I didn't remember because I would have been pitching when I wasn't ready. <laughs> Eager Beaver, that's who I am. So it's Virtual Pitch Fest. And I won the free pitch in 2019 from placing in Killer Shorts screenplay competition. And it was BTW, I'm an Alien, that place. Actually, that placement was a catalyst for helping me write out additional episodes. Because I just had a thought, what would Trevor Noah's life be like if he was married to an alien in another life within our multiverse? 
And so I wrote out 24, 25 pages. I submitted it just to feel like I was doing something. <laughs> and I didn't expect to place, but when I placed, I was like, hey, maybe there's something there. And then of course the pandemic happened. And so I needed that script to really help me process and manage my anxiety and depression so that I could get through the year. So I'm so thankful for that placement because it really did give me a boost to my confidence. So I'm going to use the free pitch for Virtual Pitch Fest. That's the website. I don't know who just yet or which script. I was originally thinking Karmic Bait, but maybe it'll be Gigi Family or maybe it'll be BTW I'm an Alien. It's tricky just because you do have to search their database for the person you feel is right for you, which actually has taken me days <laughs> because I'm not just looking at what they have on the website. I'm Googling the person. I'm seeing more of what they've recently done and trying to see if there's a YouTube video with them speaking so I can get a feel for their personality and if it would mesh with mine. So it is a little bit labor intensive, which is fine. I do have like 15 people I've marked as favorites. Um, and also I noticed one of the people um, did a movie I loved from a long time ago and I was able to find it and watch it. And I was like, this movie influenced me more than I realized. Anyway. <laughs> I am definitely seeking to get a manager that way. I don't know if it'll be through the website, but I'm definitely gonna pitch sometime in August. And then my plan for August is to also start writing out a shuddering at Shook Root and adapting Karmic Bait into the TV series form as a limited series. That's all. <laughs> So finish off the little tweaking of Gigi family and maybe a little bit of BTW and definitely searching for the right manager. But as far as my writing, it'll be a shuddering at Shook Root and maybe conviviality on the side, but definitely adapting Karmic Bait into a limited series. I feel like I can do it. <laughs> I really feel like... If I can accomplish all those things by the end of August, I will feel so free and it will feel like a bonus to then write Connor's Cave, um, Conviviality, um, what's the other one? Override. If I could finish those three scripts, at least the pilot for them by the end of the year, oh my gosh, I just... Mm, I'd feel so amazing and I'd actually feel like I'm honoring my creativity because I've had these stories in my head for years. Connor's Cave, I think that came when I was 16. Um, Override when I was like 23. Um, conviviality when I first came to Canada, that was in 2008. Um, and Karmic Bait is old. <laughs> it's from when I was 19. So all of these scripts are really old. The newest script is, is Shuddering at Shook Root. Um, oh, and I do want to update Pandicament a little bit more this month, or this August, actually. So those are my plans. And so far, I've really done everything that I said I was going to do, except 
for a shorter it shook root i think it's because it's not as fleshed out as some of my other scripts um and it's a lot harder to like really remember a dream and sit down to write it but i want at least 30 pages of it written before the end of august i don't feel like if i'm being honest with myself i don't feel like i'm going to finish the whole script but at least 30 pages yeah and then hopefully i won't dream up another story because that actually did happen this month all of a sudden flyob <laughs> i know that sounds crazy um that's a new story that popped in my head also hyenas is another story that popped in my head this month and so i didn't write them all out i just wrote down the idea so i have it as my 70th script idea <laughs> that i will write out at some point so things are looking really good. I have over 40 scripts completed and I'll have potentially these 70 scripts, all 70 scripts completed by the end of 2022. And then I'll just keep writing. I really love writing. I know that some people say, oh, it's a waste of time unless someone's paid you to write, but I just want to get these stories out of my head on paper and then I have plans for them <laughs> I was listening to Elijah Woods podcast and he was interviewing the guy that did Pan's Labyrinth and I don't know why I forgot his name I'm gonna google it his name is Yvonne nope nope, nope. Uh, Guillermo del Toro Nope. <laughs> I'm not pronouncing his name correctly. Oh, well, I'm not going to pronounce it correctly. My apologies. Um, but I was listening to him and he said, your greatest aspiration at this point is to have your script on rotation on a streaming site. And I was like, mm, I want more than that. And it's because I have an idea of how to make it more of a spectator or sorry, rather a participant Tory experience rather than a spectator sport because yes we're sitting back watching and our, we're mentally engaged trying to figure it out especially if it's a mystery but we're not necessarily making money by watching we're not necessarily influencing the outcome of a story and I want it to become that way I think Star Trek has been one of the most influential things in my generation and the generation before me and now that we're talking so much about space my battery is dying now that we're talking so much about space um just the technology that came from star trek it just it makes me realize how far we've come we have spaceships now starships will come in the near future we're having space stations um we have cell phones because uh star trek and we have alexa and Google and I forget the other one <laughs> and these are all computer services that respond to our voice and so I just think the holodeck is coming so what I envision for myself as a writer is not exactly the holodeck but um it's something <laughs> and I'll share more about it in the coming episodes because I listen to people talk um about their goals for their 
writing career. And a lot of people say, I want to take over the world. I want to dominate this industry. And that's a lot of ego-based jargon. And it's not really me. Why I do what I do is to first honor my creativity, honor my voice, feel like it's valuable enough to have eyes and ears on it, and then share it with other people, not only to create content, but to connect with them, to engage with them, to get them to think, but also be inspired. Because the next generation that hasn't even been born needs new inspiration. They can't be watching the same Star Trek episodes <laughs> that I watched growing up. And so I want it to be more engaging. I don't want it to be a passive experience in the future. Um, and my hope is to just share it, have it be received well, and hopefully create some innovation, some inspiration for the future. Okay? We have to dream. <laughs> So that's all for today. Thank you for listening. I will keep you up to date in August. Bye-bye.